listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 167. We're going to talk a big weekend of wrestling last weekend with Freelance. AAW and Rocket Pro Wrestling. We welcome Pat Ackerman of the lovely Intoxicated Men to run down Rocket Pro Spring Break. We'll preview another big weekend in the area with shows such as CSW, Dreamwave, and Night of the Super Wrestlers. Plus, we welcome for the first time an emerging star on the local wrestling scene. You've seen him in places such as Second Wrestling, C3 Ultimate Wrestling, Squared Circle Megastars, and Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, Jackson Stampede Larkin will be joining us. Get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, Go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. This past weekend, we had Impact Wrestling's Rebellion up in Toronto, and two of the main matches decided new champions in Impact Wrestling. For the Impact Wrestling World Championship, Steve Macklin pins Kushida to win that vacant title. The last champion was Josh Alexander, who had to give it up because of injury. And Impact Knockouts World Championship, we have Deanna Perrazzo regaining the title by beating Jordan Grace. And again, that was also vacant because Mickey James had to step back and a medical issue was not cleared. All right, this past weekend, we had AAW Pro's Ring of Fire Friday night, April the 14th at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn. And on the show, we had Gringo Loco pinning Dante Leon. And then in a six-person tag, we have smooth operations of Conan Lycan, Solomon Tupu, and the EVP, Joe Alonzo defeating the the trio of Isaiah Moore, Heather Reckless, and Sheldon Jean. And in a battle of two AAW veterans, Fred Yehi defeats the swag champ Rand Jones via submission with the Koji Clutch. And then Big Beef, Narles Garvin, continues his momentum. He pins Silas Young after a big splash. AAW Heavyweight Championship Jake Something gives a shot to veteran Shane Hollister, Hollister was complaining on previous AAW shows that he wasn't getting the respect. Uh, He was a former champion. He should be getting more opportunities. He gets the opportunity against Jake Something. And unfortunately for the Shug, Jake Something pins Shane Hollister to retain the title after hitting in the void. And then in this crazy fans bring the weapons match and fan favorite Levi Everett pins Hartenbauer after a trash can lid assisted headbutt from the top rope. This was really crazy. And it seems like every AAW show now has Levi Everett doing some really crazy things. And then for the AAW Tag Team Championship, we have new champions. And congratulations to Russ Jones and Schaff defeating Hustle and Soul of frontman C and Calvin Tankman to become the new champions. And this thing was intense. Four pretty big men just going at it up back and forth. A lot of physicality and your new champions. As I kind of thought we were going to see Rush Jones and Schaff. And then we had the grudge match between Mance Warner and Robert Ego Anthony. That ends up in a no contest when they both struck referee Derek Martha and pitched him from the ring. 
several wrestlers from the locker room had to come out and break up the fight. And then in your main event, and this was really, really good, and much deserved for Sierra to get in this main event match, the AAW Women's Championship, Masha Slamovich retains her title over Sierra by submission with the rear naked choke in a hotly contested match. And Sierra appeared to possibly have the match going her way. She's trying for the backpack stunner. Masha counters that, goes into the choke. Then Sierra actually counters that real quick, tries to get a pin on her. But Masha ends up overpowering Sierra to, to get the rear naked choke back on and retain the title. Also during the show, Gringo Loco challenged Ray Fenix for AAW's Uno Mas on May 6th, and that show is back at Logan Square Auditorium. This past Friday night, April the 14th, Freelance Wrestling presented Storm Grayson and the Legend of the Mexican Dragon, and that was at Logan Square Auditorium. And in the Scrabble match, Shaza McKenzie defeats Trevor Outlaw, Mojo McQueen, El Torero, Shane Black, and Brandon Gore, when McKenzie pins Outlaw, even though it appeared Trevor was in the ropes. But unfortunately for Trevor, it's a six-person scramble, and rope breaks usually aren't enforced in those, and there's no DQs. So, tough break for Trevor Outlaw, and uh, he's had been a little bit of a losing streak lately in freelance, which is kind of surprising because he was in a huge role in freelance before his knee surgery, and now that he's back, he's struggling a little bit, and... And on top of that, the fans are usually rude to him with their chants. And poor Trevor. That's all I got to say. And then we had Devon Monroe pinning Coda Hernandez in mixed tag team action. The couple that will be newlyweds in just a few days. GPA and Laney defeat Bussy of Effie and Alley Catch. And then for your freelance legacy championship, Brian Keith pins Kevin Koo after the Fire Thunder driver. And... This was a hard-hitting match. Good stuff between these two guys. And quick commentary about Kevin Koo. I've watched some of his stuff in Black Label Pro as well. And I think it's really, really cool that he comes down to the ring to the Cranberry Zombie. Good stuff. And then the Freelance Tag Team Championship, the Bang Bros. And you could call them the Banger Bros because every time they have a tag team championship defense at Freelance Wrestling, it's banger after banger after banger. Davey Bang and August Matthews retain the title in a triple threat, defeating Rohit Raju and Karam and Los Basisos, that was Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, after a double 450 and double pin. In your semi-main event, we had the Iron Demon Shane Mercer with James Russo, pinning Sword Incredible Iverson following a Moonsault and Battery, and I even tweeted before this match, poor Sword Incredible Iverson is going to fly but not in his own volition, because Shane Mercer is known as a guy that just throws guys everywhere, and this was no exception. And after the match, James Russo takes the mic, rips on Craig Mitchell, who said he was not at the arena, but yes he was. Mitchell runs down to the ring, brawls with Mercer for several minutes, as many members of the Freelance Wrestling Academy tried to separate the two. And in your main event, Freelance World Heavyweight Championship, Storm Grayson pins Nick Wayne after a knee trigger in a really good match. In mere moments, we're going to bring aboard the lovely intoxicated men's Pat Ackerman to talk a little bit about Rocket Pro Wrestling's spring break. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Maven, former WWE superstar, season one, tough enough winner. Make sure you catch Windy City Slam podcast wherever podcasts are available. So Windy City Slam, check it out. All right, to talk about Rocket Pro Wrestling Spring Break, we welcome back to Windy City Slam Podcast, the lovely intoxicated men's Pat Ackerman. P.S. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Mike. How are you? Thank you again for having me on. Doing great. Let's get into the big night that was known as Spring Break. So go right ahead, sir. Just jump right in. So the show started with a video package of the of those damn coyotes talking strategy going into their tag match against Damian Gray and Johnny Nye. But Brooks Berna was ambushed by Gray and Nye and they, he was out of the equation for the first part of the match. Um, so the match started with just Damian DeShane versus Johnny Nye and Damian Gray. Right as Damian Gray 
and Johnny Nye, who were who had the tag team titles on the line, as soon as they were about to finish the match, Brooks Berna came down wearing an eye patch and he was all taped up, led to a hot tag and new tag champs in those damn coyotes. Congratulations to TDC. So the next match was uh, Brian Crazier versus Trayvon Wolf. This match went to a no contest because DC Shaw, Joey Blues, and Davison Sarai kept interfering, and the ref just lost control of the match, so called it a no contest. After the match, Wolf and Shaw were getting beat down, and all of a sudden you hear the familiar music of one Chet Gunderson flanked by the lovely intoxicated men's very own Tony Gabagool and the Gila Monster. But that wasn't all. After the Gila Monster snuck a chair to Shaw and Wolf and took Brian and Joey out of the equation, there was a brand new Gunderson family member introduced to the Rocket Pro Wrestling fans in the form of Chelsea Gunderson, who came down and threw Davison Sarai through a door in the corner. After this, DC Shaw came down and challenged Brian and Joey to a tag team fans bring the weapons match. And I'm going to tell you, Santino's going to be going shopping next month over the next three weeks, but the LIM is going to be shopping too. So another real, real big match announced for kicks on 66. That's going to be nuts. So, after this, we had the six-man scramble featuring Muggsy James, Joey Dalton, Hot Rod Daddy Andy, Kevin Cade, Shaq Jordan, and the Amazing Turtle. This match was for the Chicagoland Championship and was won by the Amazing Turtle. It was a great match. Joey Dalton hit a 630, a beautiful 630 splash onto him. Daddy Andy hit a signature elbow. Did LIM proud, even though he did not come out the victor. But uh, Turtle is also now a member of LIM to Travis T. Chagrin on JFW. Um, so <laughs> the LIM it has gold now. Big pizza party too, right? And yeah, we got to have a pizza party with our newest member and newest champ. So, so after this match, uh, we had Christian Rose versus Flash Harris, who we've discovered in the past month is actually the LIM's father. Uh, so we were cheering on our dad, um, and Christian Rose defeated our dad, unfortunately. We were very, very dismayed. So Flash Harris um, has had lost to Christian Rose. After the match, Christian Rose challenged Bucky Collins to a strap match at Kicks on 66. So that should be another great match. After this, we had the returning Eric Dillinger versus Connor Hopkins of those damn Coyotes. And Connor Hopkins defeated Eric Dillinger. Now, we had to move some fans out of the way during this match because the action spilled into the LIM section. And Eric Dillinger dove onto Connor Hopkins from the ring into the aisle between the LIM section and COA section. <laughs> and Koa's section was pretty big from what I heard. Koa's section was big. The Red Wave Army was in full effect. We'll put yes, it that we'll get, we'll get to that a little bit more later on, yes. Yes, we will. So after this, um, some slight LIM action involved with the contract signing. We set the table for it. The Gila Monster put a flower on it, and we were interrupted by the lovely general manager, Damien Saint who yelled at me to get him a chair, which maybe I deserved it. I mean, he screamed at me and I, you know, I kind of had to make sure I got him a chair because man needs to sit. Fair enough. So we had the contract signing for the last man standing match between Maximus Orion and Rion skills for the inter-county championship next month at kicks on 66. Mm -hmm. And there was an added stipulation to this match that if Rion Skills lost, that he would have to retire. So during the contract signing, I mean, everything went, no, it didn't go smoothly at all. Are you kidding? It's a wrestling contract signing. So Rion Skills uh, snuck attack, 
Maximus Orion. But at the end of the day, Maximus Orion went through a table, uh, which the LIM had to clean. And I will report that uh, my pants are still ripped from getting into the ring, which for that, I blame no coast. They're always they're always to blame. Anything goes wrong, it's their fault. You know what I mean, Mike? Yeah, they're they're crazy. So after intermission, we had Gunnar Brave versus Axel Rico in what was a dream match. Two of the biggest up and coming stars on the Chicagoland independent steam going at it for the Outer Limits Championship. And Gunnar Brave beat Axel Rico to retain the title and go on to another few days as champion. Now, next yeah, month, hot. we have Connor Hopkins versus Gunnar Brave in a two out of three falls match. That's going to be excellent. Outer Limits Championship. That will be a fantastic match. Gunnar's going to be going on 500 plus days as champ, which is unprecedented. So we're going to have to see if it's going to continue through the season finale of RPW. Mm-hmm. After this, we had the triple threat tag team match with the team of Eric Schultz, Rock and Rivera, the final level of Marche Rocket, and Shogun Chris Logan, and Youth Gone Wild and Tom Heisman and Matt Creed, which the final level won the triple threat tag match. Now, after this, general manager Damian Sate came out to confirm that he is going to sign the strap match between Christian Rose and Bucky Collins next month. Aaron Stones then came out to approach him about how he is going to make sure that he takes down the Undeniable. And the Undeniable came out, and he decided to be fair and actually allowed Aaron Stone to have two other partners, which turned out to be Intercounty Champion Maximus Orion and the returning Chicago Bear Hug Steve Michael. Oh, wow. So it wasn't a handicap match after all. It was not a handicap match. It was a three-on-three. During the match, Eric Schultz came down to fight off Maximus O'Ryan and took him out of the equation of the undeniable team of Ryan, the Ryan Matthews, Skyler Reed, and Devin August. And in a shocking turn of event, Steve Michael turned on Aaron Stone, and the Aaron Stone lost the tag team match. After the match, he shook hands with Damian Saint and joined the Undeniable. Now, even though the, the odds were fair, Damian Saint was managing at ringside. Oh. So After Steve this... Steve Michaels turned. Steve Michaels turned against... No way. Oh, my God. So We love Steve Michaels. Oh, man, that, that's very disappointing. So they're going to have a powerhouse in the stable, and the Undeniable is going to be undeniably stronger. Yes, yes. So... After this, Joey Roth and Roxy Hart came down and began to announce the countless objectives that seemingly has made Joey sick and tired. He then turned his attention to the commentary team of Shelly and Steve Arendt, who soon after joined Roxy and Joey in the ring. Through a barrage of verbal assault thrown back and forth, they finally got to business, and a challenge was made. Shelly issued the challenge of an intergender tag team match for kicks on 66, Joey and Roxy would face the team of Steve Aaron and Shelly herself, but there were stipulations made. Joey and Roxy would place their personalized championships on the line, as well as the idol's control of Rocket Pro Wrestling. They accepted and attempted to attack Steve from behind, and badly, I may add, as Steve chased them out of the ring. So we have now one of two main events for... Kicks on 66 and Shelly and Steve Arendt versus Joey Roth and Roxy Hart for the Joey and Roxy titles and control of Rocket Pro Wrestling. Crazy so, stuff. And I should note, and you know, it should be sort of you know noted here that uh, Damian Saint's contract as general manager still grants him full control of the company no matter who is in charge. So that won't ultimate that may not ultimately change. Uh, but it should be noted that Damian Saint is nowhere involved in the control of RPW situation. That's interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how Damian Saint would react if the idols were to fall out of power and then Rocket Pro's 
power structure will change and then what will how will he react that would be very interesting if that comes to pass in three weeks it, yes and then I mean we're gonna have to wait and see how uh he would respond if Steve and Shelley win yes so lastly we had the triple threat for the RPW championship between Quinn Wittick Garrison Creed and Koa Laksamana. And Quinn Wittick beat Garrison Creed and pinned him even with a bent crowbar, that incredible moment in the match where Koa took Quinn's crowbar and bent it together. I mean, I'm just going to say I worked out with him about a month ago and uh, does not surprise me that the man has that kind of strength. He's crazy strong, man. That guy is committed to everything he's doing right now. He's, he's red hot, and the Red Army obviously was there, and uh, I'm sure they were in full throat for all of this. Oh, man. They were all over the arena. And lastly, Iron Stone came down with his rocket to the top briefcase that he was able to take back from the Ryan Matthews. And the crowd got really excited because they thought they were about to see a cash-in. But Aaron Stone decided to be fair. He said, I'm beat up, you're beat up, so let us let me cash this title, this briefcase in on you at Kicks on 66 for the RPW Championship. Quinn accepted and said that he's beaten the best and listed everybody he's beaten. Joey Jet Avalon, Christian Rose, Garrison Creed, Koa Laksamana, and he said on May 6th that Aaron Stone's name would be added to the list. And that was Rocket Pro Wrestling Spring Break. Now let's talk a little bit about kicks on 66. That main event match, Aaron Stone, Quinn Wittick is going to be amazing. You just named a lot of the people that Wittick has already gone through, and it's an impressive list. But Aaron Stone has some serious momentum. The kid's got a lot of heart. This has been building for several months since he won the briefcase back in November. Mm -hmm. And I really think that Aaron Stone is going to make this dream come true and break Quinn Wittick's dreams and become the new Rocket Pro champion. That's my and really, it's a full circle moment, because if you remember back to November, Quinn Wittick was added to the Rocket to the Top ladder match that was ultimately won by Aaron Stone. So yes. even though he did not win, he still became champion later on. And now his opponent in that ladder match is going to be his opponent in the main event. So it all comes down to May 6th. At St. Joe's Park. Yeah, the season finale of Rocket Pro Wrestling kicks on 66. And both guys have really something to wrestle for here, too, given that Quinn Wittick was in that match but did not win, and Aaron Stone did. So he's got a little bit of something to fight for, too, to defend that title and get one over on Aaron Stone. While Aaron Stone has been fighting the odds, getting getting messed around by GM Damian Saint. So this is a really good clash and a great ending of a story, if you will. I think. Final chapter will be written by Aaron Stone on Saturday night, May the 6th. Well, we will have to wait and see, and we will be predicting it, of course. We always do. We're going to get there. I think at the end of the season with all our predictions, we're going to have to come through literally all our rambling and, and see what our what our percentage of correctness was this year. All right, Pat, before we let you go, go ahead and let everybody know where everybody can find the lovely intoxicated men. So you can find us on Facebook at The Lovely Intoxicated Men. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at we underscore r underscore the underscore lim. Same as TikTok, same username, uh, same as same thing on Twitter. You can find us anywhere, and we'll we'll be taking our show on the road at the end of the season. So even after May six, all I'm gonna say is, even though. There's no Rocket Pro until September. You have not seen the last of the lovely intoxicated men, even with the summer break. All right, Pat, thank you very much. Thank you. Great update from Rocket Pro Wrestling by PX. We really appreciate him coming on during the second half of Rocket Pro Wrestling's season of action. And one more item of note from this past weekend at Zawa 100 in Nelson, Illinois. Congratulations to Jay Fowler on winning the Zawa Live Championship. Coming up this weekend, we have Thursday, April the 20th, three shows. Micro Wrestling All-Stars are going to be at the Berwyn Eagles Club, PWX Power Hour in Streeter, 
in ICW's 420 Classic Night 1 at the bar in West Allis. And then Friday night, April the 21st, Chicago Star Wrestling presents The Second Coming with special guest Rhino. That show will be at the American Legion in Franklin Park, 7.30 bell time, and if you can't make it down there, it'll be on IWTV.live. Main event sees the CSW Championship, Axel Rico defense against the ice pick Vic Capri. For the CSW Women's Championship, Sierra defends against Shelly the Bombshell and Chalance Royal. CSW Tag Team titles in a two out of three falls match. Big opportunity for Big Mood. It'll be the hate keepers of Shane Boucher and Jay Marston defending against Big Mood of Matteo Valentine and Jack Moody. Mixed Tag Team Action sees Sky Blue and her pet monster, Cypher, the emancipated pet monster from Heather Reckless. And now Cypher is teaming up with Sky Blue and they're taking on Heather Reckless and Hades X1X. Rhino faces Solomon Tupu. In a trios match, Team Sexy, Jax Johnson and Ryan Matthews, along with Iniestra, faces Marche Rocket, Mario Pardua, and the CSW Metro Division champion, Steve Boz. In a singles match, we have Conan Lycan against Adam Stallion. Falls Count Anywhere, Dogface Bastard Greg Murray takes on career killer Chris Miller. And in a scramble match, Shane Hollister, Doom Montgomery, Joey Jet Avalon, Joey Mayberry, and J.J. Garrett get it on in the ring. And then we're also going to see, likely we're going to see T.J. Steele and attorney Eric Schultz provide an update on their lawsuit against CSW. Also Friday night, April the 21st, ICW Milwaukee presents night two of the 420 Classic at the bar in West Dallas. Moving on to Saturday night, April the 22nd, Dreamwave Wrestling presents Anniversary 8 at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle, 6 p.m. bell. If you don't have a ticket, you can check it out on IWTV.live. For the Dreamwave Championship, we have Christian Rose defending against Johnny Dreamwave. That's right, John Morrison taking on the name of yet another promotion he wrestles in. That ought to be a good match. And then we have the Dreamwave Alternative Championship in yet another four-way match for Gringo Loco as he defends that title against Alex Shelley, Speedball Mike Bailey, and Nick Wayne. Tag Team Action sees Hartenbauer and Mike Bennett take on Mance Warner and Banders. PCO against Warhorse. One-on-one match sees Ricky Morton and Eric Cannon. Marcus Mathers versus Stephen Wolf. Justin Fowler faces All Day Marche Rocket. For the Dreamwave Tag Team Championships, we have Those Damn Coyotes versus Seduce and Destroy versus The Hype versus The Dope Kings versus The Four Star Heroes. Now, this is a gauntlet match to crown the new Dreamwave Tag Team Champions. That title is vacant coming in. And then we're going to hear from Vic Capri regarding his future in Dreamwave, and special guests, WWE Hall of Famer, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, and Veda Scott will be joining the commentary team. And the pre-show scramble, this ought to be good with Iniestra versus Jordan Cross versus Florida Man versus Dylan McKay, and the winner gets a spot on the June 17th Dreamwave main card. Also Saturday night, April the 22nd, Northland Pro presents Mega Crusade at the VFW Post 5040 in Woodstock. This show features Northland Pro champion Eric Schultz, Cody James, Steve Boz, and more. Also, you're going to see Premier Pro Wrestling in Woodstock, GLCW in Cedarburg, Wisconsin at Circle B Recreation with the special guest AEW's Sean Spears. And if you're going up farther north, Bruce City Wrestling's taking a road trip to De Pere, Wisconsin. And we also have Saturday night, April 22nd, Southland Championship Wrestling presenting Wrestle Rock at Steam Howell Brewery in Mantino, featuring the SCW Genesis Champion, Hawaiian Hitman Koa Laksamana versus Just Amazing. Sunday, April the 23rd, All-Star Lucha Libre presents Dia del Nino at the Burwin Eagles Club. Also Sunday night, the 23rd, we have the Night of the Super Wrestlers at Concord Music Hall in Chicago. Billy Wack and Sam Venom present a one-night-only eight-man tournament with some familiar faces, and some of them will be wrestling as alter egos, including, get these names, 
Ryor, the king of Crossturnia. The punk rock prince, Jordan Cross, although that actually is his name. Bitness Puppy, USA Hole, Shogun, who you may recognize, Vlad Bladder, Teenage Vampire, Destructo, and some guy named Pubic Moose. I'm not making that up, folks. This is going to be really a lot of fun. These are the masterminds of the LWF, the Lunatic Wrestling Federation, from many, many years ago. We had Billy Wack talking a little bit about this show a few months back in November on the podcast. If you want to check out that episode, I definitely suggest you check it out. Billy Wack on Windy City Slam Podcast, wherever you find your podcasts, or in the archives at WindyCitySlam.com. And also, Monday night, April the 24th, WWE Raw returns to Allstate Arena in Rosemont. All right, when we come back, we welcome our special guest. You've seen him in Second Wrestling, C3 Ultimate Wrestling, Squared Circle Megastars, and Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, Jackson Stampede Larkin. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross here, live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. You can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. And we welcome, for the very first time, he's an emerging star on the scene. And you've seen him in places such as Second Wrestling, C3 Ultimate Wrestling, Squared Circle Megastars, and Chicagoland Championship Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackson Stampede Larkin. Sir, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for thanks for finally having me. Finally. <laughs> yes. Finally, Stampede has come back to Windy City Slam Podcast. You're dang right. <laughs> well, welcome aboard, Jackson. Really appreciate you having you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know, I wanted to tell you, I feel like I feel like I had to earn this, and I appreciate that. You know, we've always uh, we've always crossed paths at wrestling shows, but you've actually never got a chance to see me wrestle until recently. So I felt like I had to earn this. So respect, I respect that. Yeah, and I respect you, man. You've put in a lot of work, and that body you have is just amazing. Oh, man, I pre- <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, uh, late bloomer, late bloomer, man. I'm still, I still don't see what everybody else sees, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just nod and say thank you. <laughs> I, I still got to get used to my frame. So you've rebranded yourself over the last year or so. At one point, you were known as Jackson P. Larkin. Now we are in the era of Jackson Stampede Larkin. So did you just need a new start, a different turn, so to speak? Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. Um, so the Jackson P, the Jackson P Larkin was, it was cool at first. You know, I think with like any other guy just starting out in the game, you're just looking, looking for a name just so you can get put on a show, you know, and you just kind of have to pick something. And um Jackson Larkin is actually a tribute is actually a tribute to some family members because some of their their last names are hyphenated. So I just took the hyphenated name and made it mine and threw an initial in the middle. You know, it was it was something that I just came up with on the fly and others came up with, you know, almost like a creator wrestler. Jackson P. Larkin was everybody's creator wrestler. You know, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Stampede feels like it belongs to me. It feels like my own creation. It feels like I'm in total control and I don't feel like I'm moving the way that everybody else tells me to move. I feel like I'm moving the way that Stampede wants to move. So so the rebranding was necessary because there's nothing worse than a, a, a wrestler that's not confident because you can see it. You can see it. I'm a lot more confident as the Stampede, without a doubt. 
and it's very Indeed, uh, yeah. very uh, fitting for who I am and my move set and everything. So. Yes, indeed. We've seen that lately in second wrestling as well. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. But speaking of starts, when did you get your start in the wrestling business and what caught your eye about the business and who ended up training you? All right. So this is actually a very long story and I'm going to try to shorthand it for you. So I actually started training quick math 2008, 2009. I actually trained um, at Chicago style back with Matt Nixon, Craig Mitchell and those boys and Chris Castro and those boys. And Steve Boz was my very first trainer. Um, life happened, had to take care of some things with family, had to stop wrestling. My second go at it was training with Bryce Benjamin, Bryce Benjamin out of the old galley arena and life happens. Life happened again. So strike two, you know, <laughs> and then my final, my third and final third time charm was at freelance at freelance with uh bryce benjamin was there at the time along with um isaiah velasquez and kyla ray pops in from time to time along with ego anthony and i trained with i trained with that group a lot of the guys that you see featured on freelance now i'm also in that class with those guys too so those are my trainers in order i usually give a lot of credit boz gave me my very first start i feel like uh bryce benjamin built Built the car that you see, and Isaiah Velasquez made the car really pretty and smooth. Is probably the best way I like to put it. So I that's, wouldn't be as great as I am without those guys. Now that's quite the mix of legendary Chicago talent. Yeah, Price to Isaiah, to all those guys you just named. That's an amazing background for someone like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And um, you know, shout out to Matt Nix because you know. Um, he was there for the whole ride, you know. He, a friend of his, brought me to Boz, and then when I wanted to come back, he brought me to Benjamin, to Bryce Benjamin, and then when I wanted to come back again, he was there when uh, freelance was the freelance school was formed with Isaiah Velasquez. So yeah, very lucky to have come across all those guys, and very happy to be where I'm at today. And I also uh, hear that C Red was a strong influence on you. So actually, <laughs> he I would say I would say he is now. Shout out to Uncle Red. Uh Uncle Red actually discovered me at the first Chicagoland Championship Wrestling show. And I I took a I took an L against a guy who I like to say that I retired. Uh Braven Fett doesn't exist anymore and it's all because of me. But uh he beat me that time and Red saw a lot of potential in me. He liked the way I, I moved both inside and outside of the ring. So I guess he decided to take me under his wing the moment we met. And from there, you know, I've just been under the learning tree. So shout out to Uncle Red. Yeah, and he's amazing. He's, he's a guy who's worked with some of the, the greats of our business here in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Marche Rocket. Yeah. Acid Jazz. Willie the Bomb Richardson. People like that. So what advice has he given you as you've grown the last few years? See, he's gotten to know me. So the best thing he told me going back to the Jackson P. Larkin days, he's always told me to just do you, be you, because he's seen the real me. And he's like, the moment that you're you, sky's the limit, you know? So, and he also tells me to calm down a lot because everybody that you just named are people I want to fight. And he's like, we're all, no, we're all family. And I'm like, no, 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 they're, <laughs> no, these are names. I got to take them out, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's pretty much been the advice. Like I've been more confident in being myself in the ring because of Red. So shout out to Uncle Red for that one. It's funny, we were talking just before we started this interview, before we started recording, you mentioned yourself as a beanpole kind of growing up a little bit. But man, you're a grown ass man now. Six foot yeah. two, 250 pounds. You've yeah. got a concrete right hand. You definitely put the time in the gym for sure, because the last time I saw you at Second Wrestling, you were just a machine, a Hulk, <laughs> muscles bulging out everywhere. And just ask my buddy Jordan Cross about how he felt after that match. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I used to like Jordan and then the bell rang. <laughs> but yeah, um, bit of a late bloomer. I would put it to you this way. I graduated, I graduated high school at my height at 100. 75 pounds now i'm now i'm 250 uh and you know just putting in the work eating right just i don't have, I hate the sound cliche but i took a lot of weight gainers a lot of weight gaining powder to say the very least but yeah man it's all 
hard work and I am very much fueled by by pettiness. I am very much fueled by having the opportunity to tell people I told you so. No one ever thought that I would be this size. No one ever thought I would make it in wrestling. And trust me, uh, every day I'm in the gym. I told you so is running through my head and that's that's where you, that's how you get this. <laughs> Find what fuels you. That's my advice. So, so you have the chip on your shoulder. Yeah, it's it, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> that's a good thing in this business for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you're a Chicago guy, yet we haven't seen you as much in Chicago as you would think. Now, is it a matter of local promotions just not seeing what you can bring to the table, or did you want to explore other areas as well, like especially the Twin Cities? Because I know that's where you work a lot as well. In addition to yeah, you know, um, I think it's a bit of both. More so, I so not to name drop, but this is just what happened. I one day hopped in a car with um, Elena Black, who we now know as Cora Jade. Um, mm-hmm. One day I just hopped in a car with her. She was doing a show in Minnesota, and those guys were like, hey, you guys, you helped out. You helped out. You want to get put on pre-show? I did pre-show, and from there on out, Minnesota's shown me nothing but love. The, the St. Paul, the St. Paul, Minneapolis area has been nothing but great to me, especially um, the, the guys at AWF have treated me like a king, which they should because I am, and there's nothing like me in AWF. And the same goes for higher ground wrestling. So Minnesota was technically where I got my start. But, yeah, Chicago was a little rougher for me. You know, I wasn't working anywhere. I did a couple. I did, like, two galley shows, but that was it. Um, so it took me going to Minnesota time in time after time to get recognized in my own backyard, which yeah. which is really uh, interesting to me. But you know what, Mike? It don't matter. They see me now because they don't have yeah. a choice. Yeah, and Chicago was amazing. Too. Just so much good talent. And maybe you kind of working your way back from Minnesota kind of helped you stand out a little bit more. Absolutely. You know, I think I I think that kind of makes me lucky because I came when I debut in Chicago, I'm a little more seasoned. You know, you don't you don't see, you know, the rusty guy. You don't see me going through as many growing pains. We go through growing pains forever, I think, in the wrestling business. But you don't see that rough stuff with with all the awkwardness that comes with like having your first few matches. You know, Minnesota got all of that. And despite Minnesota getting all of that, they still want me back. So. You know, I think it says a lot when um, a whole nother when a whole nother state that's like eight, 10 hours away is like trying to get your talent from your own city. You know, they're like, oh, why do they want him so much? You know, maybe we should keep him here and see what's going on. So, yeah, big, big shout out to to the St. Paul, Minneapolis area. Showing me a lot of love. Now, Second Wrestling is one of the local companies that's actually giving Stampede a true opportunity. So what do you think of Rabbi Jeremy Fine and that promotion? So, uh, so I think Rabbi Jeremy Fine has made a great business opportunity when it comes to putting me on his roster. I think it was the smartest thing he could have done. Once again, you're not going to find many people like me. I may be the size that you have mentioned, but I also I also got some agility on me. I also got some athleticism on me too. Best kept secret. Nobody ever sees athleticism coming out of this frame. So for Jeremy, fine. He's all right. He's a good businessman. I'll put it that way. You know, I got some beef with him because, you know, we had battle royals. I should I should be your Maxwell Street champion right now, but he let a goofy frog use a magic hammer in a match, and I don't like that personally. But, you know, it is what it is, and I'm going to get what's mine. So, you know, when it comes to Rabbi Fine, you know, he's all right, I guess. Funny you brought up the frog guy with the goofy hammer because – Second Wrestling presents Altercation on Thursday night, April the 27th at Dirty Nellie's in Palatine. And you, Jackson Stampede Larkin, are involved in a four-way match for the Maxwell Street Heritage Championship held by Thunderfrogger, who swings that Thor-like magic hammer. And also in this match are Bradley Prescott and Beyond Alpha, Ezio Orlandi. So you went out on Twitter the other day and tried to and reason. Told the tr- yeah, told the truth, tried to figure out a reason why Ezio could be placed in this match. So what's your thought on all that? You know, you know, Ezio, Ezio should be thanking me and he should be thanking Jason Midas. Um, We, his first match at second wrestling was against this guy right here. And he got crushed because it's me. And you, you would expect that. You would expect that. But Midas, Midas thought he had something there with him. 
He thought he had something there with him, but but he didn't because Ezio's head's too big. He's too he's too arrogant for his own good. He's too stupid to realize the opportunity that's been given to him by Midas. I am not, but Midas have to, but Midas has finally realized that I am his standard. So if you're not like me or better, you got to get the heck out of here. And that was Ezio. He's nothing like me. He just won his first match. Why is he in my title match? I have never been pinned. I have never been submitted. Why is he in my title match? I don't get it. He just hits one match, just so happened to be the lucky one. So good for him. He won when it mattered, and I'll give him credit for that. But now he has to deal with me and two other people. He couldn't deal with me by himself. Imagine what he's going to do with two other people in the ring. He has no chance. It's as simple as that. You mentioned Jason Midas, the king of clubs. He used to manage Ezio and gave him a shot for a while. And then, for whatever reason, during the match, uh, last uh, last second wrestling show, whatever reason, he just, Midas kind of interfered with the referee while Ezio seemed to have the advantage. So, to me, I think, I don't know if it's Jason's fault or Ezio's fault. Or... See, <laughs> that's the problem, miscommunication. Ezio doesn't know how to take orders. Midas had a plan. Ezio apparently thought he was too good for a plan. I don't understand how he thought it was too good for a plan when he hasn't won a match. He should probably listen to the guy that manages the undefeated guy. But what do I know? I just win matches. You know, with Ezio, with Ed, excuse me, he's nowhere near me. With Midas by my side, I win matches. He couldn't even do that. So you tell me what the problem is. Midas by my side, never been pinned, never been submitted. Midas by Ezio's side. Literally a defeated record up until recent. Sounds like oh. a miscommunication on Ezio. Now, after that match, then, uh, when Ezio lost, you came out, took care of business, just speared the heck out of him, speared him out of his boots, and that was it. He was out of the group. He was excommunicated. That's it. That's all. If you can't, A, if you can't stick with the plan, you got to get the heck out of here, and B, I already told Midas this. He no longer will make his problems my problems. He made his problem an us problem. And I am a problem solver, if you will. Mm -hmm. So this won't last long with me. If I got a problem, it gets handled immediately, as you saw. So as simple as that. He couldn't take orders. He became a problem to me. Now he's been taken care of. All right, moving on to a different promotion. You face Xavier Sky. June the 10th for C3 Ultimate Wrestling in Crown Point, Indiana. He's a young high flyer already with some time in freelance and freelance underground and true privilege wrestling. So what's your take on this matchup? I actually, truth be told, I'm a little excited about this one. You know, at, uh, when it comes to Xavier Sky, I uh, truthfully, deep down in my, in my cold little heart, I actually love the kid. I I see what he's trying to do. I see the potential that he has. And people keep calling us both the future of professional wrestling. The problem that I have with that is he's the future and I'm the now. And I don't think people need to put us in the same group. So I'm excited to face a talent of that stature. But I'm also excited to show the world that we're in two different worlds. He's still climbing. I'm already at the mountaintop. You probably don't know it because your vision doesn't get you that high. But I'm already up there, and it's my job to show you that we're on two different levels. He'll get there one day, maybe when I'm done, but he is not on my level, not quite yet. But the kid is good, and I'm very excited to see how he reacts when I take him out of the air. Can he fight off his back? One way to find out. Now, he's a kid who maybe, if you rewind yourself back maybe 10, 11, 12 years, Kind of a little skinny screen, being maybe a little taller than you, but kind of a skinny kid. Does he kind of remind you a little bit of a younger version of Jackson Larkin? <sighs> I, I I don't want to give him that type of credit, but but I can I can I can see it. Uh, yes and no. In terms of frame, in terms of build, and in terms of uh, hunger and determination, yes. But in terms of personality, no. He would be a naive version of me. He's still a kid. He's still he still believes in Santa Claus. He still believes in the Easter Bunny. You know, he's just he's just not where I'm at yet. And the moment he gets that edge, the sky's the limit for him. See what I did there? You like yep. that? It works well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
But he's been putting on some weight, actually. He's been putting on some weight. I've been studying the kid. He's been putting on some weight, so I got to watch out for that, too. Yeah, he's been working hard in tag team action with Saban Gage as well. So, yeah, he's growing a little bit quickly now in terms of his abilities and some success in freelance wrestling. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jackson Larkin, um, before we let you go, uh, why don't you let the fans know about your social media, if you have any merchandise available, and upcoming events. All right, yeah. Um, so when it comes to merchandise, catch me at a show. That's the best way to get it, 8x10s, T-shirts, stickers, etc. If you want my merch, come watch me wrestle. It's as simple as that. As far as the social medias go, you can find me on Facebook at Jackson Larkin. And you can also find me on Twitter at Stampede underscore 2531. Other than that, the other socials don't matter. I'll be honest with you. Those two are the two that I am probably the most active on. But, yeah, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter. That's uh, Stampede underscore 2531. All right. Besides the second wrestling and the C3 Ultimate Show, where else can we expect you to uh, show up? You will have me at Chicagoland Championship Wrestling on third Sunday in May. See, Chicagoland Championship Wrestling presents New Era. I will will be there. Who my opponent is, I don't know. But whoever it is, they better come ready because I'm ready to put somebody in the dirt. That's another place I want to shout out. Chicagoland truly lets puts a spotlight on me as well. Chicagoland takes care of me, so therefore I take care of it. Even though John Bullard is a clown and I can't wait to put my get my hands on him, he knows where his bread is buttered, so therefore he knows where to place me. So good on yeah. you, good. I believe that's May the 21st at the Berwyn Eagles Club. Berwyn Eagles Club, that's right. So those would be the next three that you got me for. Unfortunately, I tore my pec back in September, so I've been taking it easy. But once the summer comes, I'm planning on having a full Stampede summer, baby. Make sure you keep up with me. Follow me on Twitter. Jackson Stampede Larkin, thank you so much for coming out Windy City Slam. All right. Thanks for finally having me. Great interview with Jackson Stampede Larkin. He's a guy you're going to see more and more of in the Chicagoland area over the next couple of years. He is one jack dude. He's a grown-ass man, as I called him earlier on during the interview, and really fun time talking to Jackson. All right, next week, we'll recap action from CSW. We're going to preview second wrestling, among other local shows. Plus, we welcome, for the first time, She's a wrestler, a manager, and a real-life therapist. You've seen her as the therapist for No Coast at Rocket Pro Wrestling, among her work for other Midwestern promotions. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome Davison Sarai. You'll catch her next week right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.